Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. All right, well, good morning. What a wonderful time to just be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Sorry, I dropped the ball a little bit and didn't have my little notes opened up here. I do now. So, welcome again. Let's get started today. We're going to jump right into this because this has a tendency to maybe be a long message. So I want to make sure that I give ourselves plenty of time if the Spirit of God wants to move. And, and it, it's going to be a little bit of reading in this one. So you might want to go ahead and just wiggle a little bit and shake yourself up. And we have spray bottles that the deacons can bring you if you need to spray yourself. I was just teasing, but it's not going to be that bad. It's going to be a fun day. Um, it's going to be an exciting day. But we're wrapping up Fulfilled, and, and it's going to be just an opportunity for maybe just a day being an eye-opening eye thing for you to say, Wow. I would like to get deeper. I'd like to learn more, and I would like for God to be able to see his presence working. You know, wouldn't everybody in here agree that God is um, working all day, every day around us, right? And it's, it's kind of like sometimes we get this thing, well, man, I just don't feel like God's using me, and, um, or I don't feel like I see God moving but, but God never stops working. He's, never, he's, he's, always, he's always moving. He, he's from the beginning to the end. He, he, he wasn't even a beginning. He's always been. He always will be. So we have to understand that when sometimes we go through seasons of life, and, and, I, and I go through them, and I believe you probably do too if you're honest, is that we don't feel like we're in tune with God. We don't feel like we're being used by God. We don't feel like we can hear his voice. We don't feel like he's hearing our voice. And so we kind of get discouraged, and, and it's an opportunity for um, maybe the world to start flowing over us where the Spirit was flowing over us. Has anybody ever been there besides me? Maybe one or two other people. Everybody else is good. So, <laughs> um, But, hey, commissioning. So our purpose and commission is, um, is the last part of this. And um, we're going to talk a little bit, then we're going to pray a little bit, then we're going to... Hopefully, the Spirit will preach a little bit. But commissioning is the simple process of blessing a person or team and affirming, affirming the use of the gifts God has given them. So affirming means to just make known, to be able to say that you see that, that you're, you're saying, yes, I agree with you to be able to affirm something, to say this is a good work. So just understand, let's read that again because it's really important. We're going to be talking about that. Commissioning is the simple process of blessing a person or team and affirming the use of the gifts God has given them. So it made me think about something. So the foundation of purpose and commissioning is our God-given gifts. And that's where a lot of the confusion happens, because if we don't understand our God-given gifts, then all of a sudden we're like, well, I want to be used. I want to do this. I want to go do this. God might be, but I just, I don't even feel like I have anything to offer. You know, have you ever been that? So, but but if, if you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, um, I promise you, because the Scripture says it, and I 100% believe what the Scripture says, is that you were given a particular gift. 
by God. And we're going to talk about that some today. So um, I'm just going to tell you, and I can send you this link, but I, I, the, the next couple of minutes, I, I copied some things out of gotquestions.com. It's a great resource for you to use anytime you're not clear about something that you can look into. And I use it, other pastors use it, but this is a great thing. So just, just a little bit of um, one, one little um, paragraph here that I'm going to read. So there are actually three biblical lists of the gifts of the Spirit, also known as spiritual gifts. The three main passages describing the spiritual gifts are in Romans 12, 6-8. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11, and 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And there are some other gifts too, but it's with the government, governing of the church. And, and so we're not going to talk about those today, but we are going to talk about these that are listed in, in these passages. So if you, if you don't mind, can I read out what these were? So we had prophecy. And, and, and I'm not going to go into teaching what these things are. We'll be here for six days if I start talking about every one of these gifts and how they're, um, the definition of them and what their purpose are. But prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, Miraculous powers, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, interpreting of tongues, and helps. So you can get into the last part of that list, boy, and you can divide a few churches and, and you, you'll make religion. <laughs> because people are like, well, you don't speak in tongues, you don't have any power. And, I, and then that's, again, that's a whole other sermon series. But I'm just telling you that, that, that there's two-thirds of these that, that, that we as the saints are going to use every day in our life as our gifts. And then there's some of these that, that the scriptures has history lessons of them where you've seen miraculous powers as the apostles went out that, that, that God had given them, Jesus had given them a miraculous powers. And, 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 and still today, I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to sit there and start arguing over things, but God is still the same God and he can still do miraculous things. But don't get so hung up in looking for the miraculous power that God is doing that you start following a person and not, a God, and not God. Amen? So you see what I'm saying? Because you'll, you'll start saying, but boy, you must not be used by God because I don't see you bringing anybody back to life. Or I don't see you making anybody stand out of the wheelchair. And I'm, gonna say, I'm just going to be honest with you. I can't make anybody do anything. Um, but, but I know that we do serve a God who's still in the healing business. He's still a God that can do miraculous things, and he's doing miraculous things right now. It just looks different than what our history is. So, y'all got those? We'll, we'll hit those again in a little bit. It is impossible to commission an individual or an entity without that individual or entity knowing its mission. And, and, and the reason I'm impossible is a huge, big word. And I guess it's possible to do something, but you're going to send them off on something or they're going to be going somewhere where they don't know where they're going because they have to understand and know what God has called them to do. The reason we talk about the mission every week at the beginning, it starts sounding like a broken record, is because it was a vision and a mission that was given to me about 17 or 18 years ago to say, wow, what would happen if this happened? And, and so God said, there's your mission. So... We have to know the mission. So how can you fully understand your mission without knowing how you're gifted and your purpose for that specific gift? 
So how are we gifted? What is your purpose? And what is the mission of the church? So when I talk about the church, there's the big C church and there's also a little C church. We're the dream center or the little C church in the context of the big C church. The big C church takes precedence over the individual missions and divisions of the small entity churches. The big, the big C church is to make God's name famous. It's to be able to tell, make sure every, every beating heart has repeated opportunities to hear, see, and respond to the gospel. And that's where we come in as witnesses. Amen. So before I start reading some text, can we pray and ask the Spirit of God to open up our hearts and our eyes to his word? Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today, and we ask that you just get us in a place where we can be learners, Lord. Um, Lord, that let our hearts be softened by your Spirit. Pour over, over us a water fountain, Lord. God, that if there's any hard spots in our heart, that you would get us to a place that we could be formed into the way that you want us to be formed. So, Lord God, as we come over the next few minutes and to, and to, to just seek you out, Lord, may your Holy Spirit come and teach us. And, Lord, may we be able to take what you have implanted in our hearts and give it away, and give it away, and, and to go out and to be witnesses into the city of Rock Hill, or York, or, or Chester, or Lancaster, Lord, wherever we may walk, Lord, wherever we may work, and live, and play, Lord God, let us just give it away, that we could be a solid witness to the gospel, and to you, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord God, we just want to say we love you, and we thank you for this time together. Be with us now, and it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so um, there's a text, and, and in this text, um, we're going to read a few short texts, but then we're going to lead into the book of Romans. So if you want to, you can go to Romans 16, but I wanted to hit a couple of texts that have been impactful in my life and that I've, I've leaned back on. So in the book of Acts, in Acts 1, 6, and 8, this is the time when Jesus was a fixing, fixing to ascend, and he had his disciples there with him. And I want you to hear what it says. It said, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what did Jesus say that they would be? Witnesses. Witnesses. This is, so, this is very, very, very vital. It is for me anyway, because it takes a lot of pressure off of me. So if, if there is a trial going on and, and, and you have your defense and you have your prosecution, but then you have people that play a very important part and they get brought up in a stand and they have to raise their right hand and over the Bible and they sit in this stand and what are they? They're witnesses. They have, they have seen something or saw something that would bring light to the subject that is happening in that courtroom. So we as Christians have had an encounter with Jesus Christ. 
And this encounter with Jesus Christ has opened our eyes up to something or has given us some hope or has delivered us from this dark depression or whatever your story may be, your testimony may be, it's where you once thought you didn't have any hope, now you have hope and you truly believe that. Now what are you? A witness. A witness. You don't have to be the Holy Spirit. You don't have to know Everything in the, in the 66 books of the Bible, in which they are very good, and you will be blessed by reading them. But what you do have to know is Jesus Christ. And he said, come follow me. That's what he told his, these men. They didn't know that morning when they woke up that their lives were going to be totally turned around. They just knew that they needed to catch some fish or they needed, to, they needed to take some taxes or whatever they needed to be doing. But when they had an encounter with Jesus, their lives were radically changed and they followed Jesus. And they became witnesses. So, to be a witness of Jesus Christ. So what does a witness do? We just go out and tell people of this Savior. So why is it important for us to come together in this group or on Thursday nights or on Saturday mornings or on second Saturdays? It's because we are witnesses that we have to be encouraged because if we're not being encouraged by the Spirit of God, we can be messed up by the darkness of the world and then we can be a witness that's not really we're confused because if a witness gets confused then all of a sudden they're talking of the world and, and they're not being a true witness. So when you have a court system, if you don't have a true wisdom, they, witness, they've lost all of their credibility in court. And they have a group of peers that are watching to see if that is a credible testimony. And we are witnesses to the coming of Jesus Christ, to the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus, that we believe that he is our creator that he is our savior that he is our counselor in the trinity and that we are witnesses to that second timothy 1 6 and 7 it's on a plaque in my office if you can find it because my office it generally stays pretty junked up but i remember when north rock hill sent barbara and i they gave us a plaque and on it was second timothy 1 7 there's don't have no no fear because in it it says that you, there is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. I, I do that other one because this reading's a little bit different, but the one I recite to myself every day is to be power, love, and sound mind. Why do I do that? Because I spent most of my life being afraid. You wouldn't think I was afraid because I would be the, I would puff up like a bowfish and I would be the loudest and, and I would just, I would make myself so much this because I was so much this. And when, when Pat gave me that verse 15 years ago, Pat Morrison said, Paul, here's a verse, man. I believe it can help you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. He said, Paul, just repeat that every day. And now year after year, and on the commissioning paper that North Rock Hill sent, it is funny, I didn't ask them, but that is what is written on there. Because they were laying hands on Timothy. They were praying over Timothy. They were commissioning Timothy to say, hey, you don't have to have a spirit of fearfulness, but have one of 
power and love and a sound mind. And it read, the Spirit led me to Romans 16. And I wrestled over this all week long because I was like, wow, God, what are you doing? But I'm telling you, God, it's got to be very important because you put a whole chapter in it. This is an important book. So let's take a look at the letter to the Romans. And I want you to notice the different people of the church in Romans 16. Now, when I get to write, now I know with my southern dialect, I'm not going to pronounce all these names correctly. So just go ahead and just, just roll with me. You can correct it in your mind if you're that way, but, but hey, we can have fun with it. But in Romans 16, it says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is the deacon in the church in Centria, Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Three and four, it says, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In once risked their lives for me, I am thankful to them, and so are all the child churches. Who is that? Y'all know that story? It's a husband and wife. It's a husband and wife that said, hey, we're going we're gonna to follow Jesus. We're going to live for Jesus. We're gonna, whatever you ask, we'll do, God. We're going to follow Jesus. Then he says this. He says, also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend, oh boy, Impentus, Impentus. Come on, G-Baby. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. And it makes you think you read that and like, man, churches met in homes. Give my greetings to Mary who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andorcius and Junia, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampelatus. My dear friend in the Lord, greet Urbanius, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stacius. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Typhronia and Typharsia, the Lord's workers and dear persons who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus from the Lord. The Lord picked out to be his very own and also his dear mother who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asyncritius, Philagon, Hermes, Portobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who met with them. Give my greetings to Philogius, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and to Olympus and all believers who met with them. I know I screwed all those names up. But take those names and put your name in those places. If someone was writing a letter. See, this letter, he was saying, he was sending to Rome because there was a group of people that was going to Rome to help dig the foundation of a movement. And there were, the workers were going. They weren't paid people. They were people who were sold out to the love of Jesus Christ. And he was saying, hey, meet Maddie. She's been a great work here for the, for the kingdom. Meet Joe. 
Meet Barbara, meet Khaki, meet Willie, meet Don. Lord, Don, he, he, he believed in me when no one else was. Meet so-and-so. They were in jail with me when we were persecuted and locked up for the coming of, of Jesus. Meet, put your name in the place of that. This was a letter that was being sent ahead of the people that were coming. And, and Paul was saying, oh my goodness, it gets so deep. You're going to find out in a few minutes, Paul wasn't even writing this. He had a scribe writing it for him that believed in the way that were being housed in a house by somebody that had a home that was being funded by a treasurer. And what I want you to see today, what I believe God wants us all to see today, is he says it takes everybody. And here was a group of people who says, I'll go there for the work of the Lord is good. So when I was reading this text over and over, and I'll be honest with you, I've read it many times just trying to pronounce these names correctly. But as the Spirit of the Lord started messing with my head, Here's what happened. I started thinking of you. Meet Amy, who will leave her security of a secular job to come and lead a hand up ministry. Meet Khaki and Stephen and David who will come out and walk and knock on a stranger's door. One of the doors we knocked on yesterday was where the boy was laying after he'd been shot just a month ago. And it was a scary door to knock on. But the Spirit of God was there. And we knocked on that door. And we not only got to speak to someone, but we were ending up in that house with them. And we were sharing the gospel with them. And I was saying, God, you are a mighty God. I didn't know if anybody was coming today, but hallelujah that you are moving. Meet Joe and Vivian, Priscilla and Aquila, who love you so much that they bring people into their home. And these children become their kids that they love them so deeply. Let God's story come to life in your testimony. Meet Jim and Susie who said, hey, I'll just believe it and I'll tell my neighbors about a study. Now there's eight or nine or ten people every Tuesday night that they're laughing and sharing the love of Christ with. When I read this, I think of you. This group of people were being sent to help build the foundation of the Roman church. There's a lot of things good that's come out of the early churches. And there was a work. But I'm going to tell you right now, God is sending you somewhere. He's asking you to do something. And in 1,000, 2,000, 500 years from now, there will be things that will happen as a result of you telling people of the, the love of Jesus Christ. The problem that we kind of have today is that we think that we need to put our meal in a microwave, hit a minute and a half, and be able to eat that bad boy. We can't microwave the Spirit of God. Some will sow and some will reap. All we can do is to do our purpose and what God's called us to do. So it made me think about the examples of this church. The ground zeros that are happening. The work that is happening in the Wesleyan church. 
All the things that are happening with family promises, we're seeing partnerships flourish and grow. It, it, it gets me excited to know that, that God is moving. And, and God used a friend of mine in this church right here today to say, hey, we're not only commissioned to, to your street to there. He said, but God gave us a building right here. What about all these neighbors up and down this road? Will they go to heaven or hell, Paul? If we have been given property and favor right here, why are we not commissioned to meet them as well? So we got to figure out ways to meet our neighbors that ride by this building. One way is to not park in the back of the building while we're worshiping, amen? I will not be mad if next week everybody in this church wants to park in that grass on the front yard. Just watch out for ant hills. <laughs> If you got heels on you, think, Kaggy, you got to watch out because it's going to sink down and the ants will come up your heels. But I'm telling you right now, the people that are driving up and down this street that are hopeless do not see our cars. And they think this is an empty building. I'll let you figure out what you want to do. But God said, I've saved you through Jesus and I'm commissioning you. Because you are now great. And then I want to read a little bit more in verse 17. It says, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. <laughs> we have to be careful that if people can't show you what they're saying in the scriptures, that it doesn't hold water. And everybody has an opinion today. And, and, and Jesus Christ came not to give us a warm, fuzzy feeling so that our lives would be comfortable and our houses would be big. But he said, I came to you so that you would die so that I would be made famous. It says such people are not serving Christ or Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. It's given us a warning to make sure that we follow the correct People who are following God. And then 19 and 20 says, But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise, doing right, and staying innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. That was 19 and 20. And it says, down here in Romans 16, 21 and 23, Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings. As do Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. Listen to this. It says, I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings too as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius says hello to you. He is my host and also serves as host to the whole church. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother Quartus. How many people y'all think we read off right there? 25 or 30? How many people y'all think are in this room? 20, 25, or 30? God doesn't have to have a room of a thousand people to move and do great things. You are reading a historical document that happened in Romans 16 of where Paul was sending a letter to a empire 
that would be forever rocked because of the power of our God. So what gifts has God given us individually to work together to fulfill the vision and the mission of the Rock Hill Dream Center Church? What gift? Did he give us the gift of prophecy? Serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, mercy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous power, discerning spirits, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, and help. See, because here's what I think sometimes happens. If you don't have anybody that can start speaking in tongues and somebody that can interpret tongues, well, the Spirit of God must not be there, so the movement's not going to move. So in, well, until we really see something great start happening on Sundays or Wednesday nights, oh, hallelujah, there must not going to be anything happening in the lost world. But the gift that really talks about is the, is the gift of serving, teaching, and encouraging, giving, and leadership, and mercy. What if we just say, wow, that's a great gift to have mercy. Think that a great gift of mercy is not there. Go hang out with somebody who does not have the great gift of mercy. I don't think I have the gift of mercy. But here's the thing. Over 20 years, I've learned that I need to put people around me that do have the gift of mercy. Because if you talk to me, I'm going to tell you to pull your boots up and get to work. But if you talk to a person who has the gift of mercy, they're going to challenge you in such a way that you want to be better. You want to grow. But what is the gift that God has given you? I don't have a church. Y'all might not want to come back after this Sunday. I do not have the gift of leadership. But I do have the gift of getting to know people and loving them. And I got a group of leaders that are around me. That is not anything about who I am or how special I am. It is about the Spirit of God using many groups of people to come together to bring their gifts, to bring Him glory and not us. That's how commissioning happens. It's, it's God's work being done. It's not Paul's work being done. It's God's work being done. It's not Joe and Vivian's work being done. It's God's work being done. It's not Amy's work being done. It's God's work being done. It's not Garrett's work being done. It is God's work being done. It is not the Dream Center's church work being done. So commissioning, I'll read it again, is the simple process of blessing a person or team and affirming the use of the gifts God has given them. That would be like me going up to Don Perkins and saying, because I've loved you and I've known you and I've served you and you've served me and we've got to know each other, God, Don, I know God has given you the gift of organizing things and being patient in the midst of people falling. When you do life with each other, you get to see the gifts that God has given them. And it's delightful. So, what gift has God given you to carry out the mission he has given us at this church? Is it helping with children in the back? 
cleaning a toilet, hallelujah. You notice how they put that last gift, helps. <laughs> That's a broad word. Anything else that nobody else is doing. But isn't that the gift that has to work unless nothing gets done? How Y'all hear me talk about Bill Drennan so much. He is my mentor. Bill is very successful in his own right, very intelligent. But you'd never know. When he enters a room, he's going to be the one wiping the tables, dumping the trash. He wants to be a server in the room. He don't want to be seen. He just said, there's work to be done. Let's go ahead and let me do it. Paul, you go over there and talk to those families. I'll take care of this. When we have a person in this body that has the gift of helps, they just want to just let them go and let them help. So, here's the last two minutes. What gift, what gift has God given you to carry out the mission that's given to you to help at this church? And, and also, is, or is this the right church for you? Because how bad would it be if you've been given a gift and, and church down the road there has been praying for that gift? But, but you, because you want to feel comfortable here or you like the way things look here, but God says, hey, I need you to go and sit on the seat at this bus so that I can be and do my work and I can be made great. But you want to, your friends go here so you don't, you don't go to where God's calling you so you're not getting to, to see how God's gifted you all the way because he wants to put you in the piece of the puzzle of where he's orchestrating his work. So if you're not sure how you're gifted, what your purpose is, um, I would. I said we would. I, I answered for our team here, our elders. We would be so honored. If you're hearing me on audio or, or, or a message, email me, text me, call us. I'd be honored to help you process and discover what that is. How you're gifted what mission you're supposed to be on and what purpose you have on that mission. See, because here's the thing. All that other stuff to the side, it starts with Jesus Christ. And, and, I, and I asked the people in this room today, do you know Jesus Christ? I asked the people that can hear my voice as, as they listen to this message, do you know Jesus Christ? Because when you connect and you know Jesus Christ and you follow him, then he will start opening your heart and your eyes to the calling and the purpose that you have, to your family, to your wife, to your husband, to your children, to your neighbors, to your neighborhood, to your city, to your job, to your anything, you name it. But it starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus. None of this ever happens unless a decision has been made to follow Jesus. So as we worship today, maybe you're... You, look, this doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you're not sure what your, what your plan is. It just means that you're like me. You've maybe been confused a lot and you, you're trying to do the right thing, but you're not sure if you're in the right place or on the right seat or even using the right gift and you're trying to make a gift that you don't have. But if you'd like to come up and pray with me, I'll pray with you. But if you don't know Jesus and you'd like to come up and ask Christ into your heart, I'll pray with you. And let it start with him. And then it'll be a journey. It's not a, 
three and a half minute microwave meal. It's a 35, 45, 55, 80 year process of growing and learning and making mistakes and growing and learning from the mistakes that we made. Amen? Amen. So as we worship, if you want me to pray with you, I'll be standing right here. I'll be glad to pray with you. Let's just give God glory in our praise this morning. Amen. Father God, we come to you now. And we ask that you would just um, guide us and lead us and, and show us your ways, Lord. Open up the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we would be very open in, to receiving your spirit that wants to move inside of us. And Lord God, I just pray right now that your spirit would just move over every man, woman, and child in this building. Every man, woman, child that has passed by this building as we've been talking to you. Lord, I pray that you would prompt and, and draw them into your love, Lord. And there's a church that, that you've asked them to go to, Lord. And that family would embrace them and to draw them in. And God, we do this to give you all of the glory. Not to build our kingdom but to build your kingdom, Lord. We love you, Father, and we thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.